And happy Sunday morning, Football Scoop Podcast. We're back, baby! Good to see everybody. Look at that energy on a Sunday morning. A, That's impressive. It is a great day. First of all, Saturday was fantastic, but today is today's going to be an incredible day. i got great things planned. Uh, once again, Scott Roussel joined with uh, college football experts John Bryce, Zach Barnett, two of the uh, – these dudes are savants. They're fantastic. Y'all, y'all need to get to know them. Spend some time with them. Invite them to your house. Have them out to dinner. Good dude. All right. Today, Sunday, we're going to run through some college football from the weekend. Talk about that real fast. In and out. I just want to hear some insights, some quick takes. I'm going to start us Thursday night. Thursday night was Marshall at App. It was a great game. Honestly, two very good football teams. App's a really good team. Um, play. I mean, they just battle. They are boon. Um, these dudes fight hard to the end. Marshall, Charles Huff took over a very good team. Uh, you know, with Doc Holiday, they won seven straight games to start the season last year. They're very talented. Marshall was all up in the thing, uh, but App battled it out. I think we all picked App. I think we all thought it was going to be a good game. It really was. Friday night, UNLV Fresno. Uh, UNLV is struggling to figure out who UNLV is, but played their best game of the season, honestly. Uh, they were all in that thing. Fresno State came back. Fresno State is, is hardened. Fresno State's legit. Uh, they're fun to watch. Middle Tennessee and Charlotte, I didn't get to see any of it. Uh, I know you guys are high on Charlotte. Uh, Charlotte pulled it out. Middle is middle, is middle, is middle, which is not great this year. Wake and Virginia are two very well, good fo- uh, well-coached football teams. Entertaining game. Wake's legit. I think Wake is legit. Yeah. After watching that game, it's the first time I'd seen him. I would agree. It was, um, it was dominant. Uh, Wake led wire to wire at Virginia, 4-0 and now. Um, they should be in the top 25s today. Uh, really impressive. Dave Clawson's done a great job at Wake Forest, um, but this is shaping up to be um, one of his best teams. Yeah, I mean, this is a, a conversation unto itself and obviously dovetails to what we'll talk about a little bit later, but uh, we're what, a third of the way through the season and Wake looks like the uh, ACC favorite right now. Which is yeah. absolutely fascinating for you. Those who have not traveled through the ACC to the actual football programs, if you actually go try and find Wake football, you almost can't find it. It's tucked away in this little small building on campus. And you're like, wait, that's Wake football? It's what he's done there with, I mean, it's a really small resource base compared to all the other ACC programs. It's fascinating. Dave Clawson is a ball coach. Liberty, I thought, was going to beat Syracuse. Um, and they had a shot earlier in the fourth to go up, and they uh, they didn't convert down the goal line. Uh, he freezes things. Good Syracuse, but they fought and got the win. All yeah. right, let's move on to the big boys. I'm going to gloss over unless y'all don't want me to. Alabama, Georgia, they're beasts. No. Anybody? One thing I've got to say about that Georgia Vanderbilt game because I was uh, box score box score trolling and uh, trowling, and late in that game, Georgia had 55 points and Vanderbilt had 45 yards. Re- let me let me read 55 <laughs> points to 45 yards. And it ended up, I guess, Georgia maybe with 62 points and Vanderbilt finished with 77 total yards. That Georgia defense, I think we're going to be talking about it as potentially one of the best in college football in the last 10 years. And I I, I didn't watch any of that one, but I have to presume those are the third stringers in there for Georgia's defense the whole second half. And they they held them to nothing. I mean, nothing. Right. Oh, buddy. Virginia, I'm I'm not sure what happens there. Arizona is not good. They're not going to be good this year. Hopefully they can find a win. They got Colorado. They got some other stuff, but Arizona's yeah. not good. Uh, OU, West Virginia. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, OU. Like. Oh, yeah. OU just um, 
continues to, to win ugly. Um, they're playing better defense than what we've seen out of Oklahoma in several years, but they're incredibly disjointed on offense. And Zach, that's maybe what's most surprising to me is they brought Spencer Rattler back. He was supposed to be the next Oklahoma Heisman Trophy candidate, and they're really, really mediocre on offense right now. Yeah, so uh, lowest points uh, a Lincoln Riley head coach team has scored in this was his 57th game. Uh, low, fewest yards they've had, uh, just a tick above fewest yards per play. Fewest rushing yards they've had, fewest yards per carry they've ever had. Uh, 2.04 yards per carry, 7.1 yards per attempt for Spencer Rattler, three interceptions. So I actually just got finished watching Lincoln Riley's post game, and he was a lot more positive than you'd expect given the results. Uh, his message to his team was, "Look where we started last year. Uh, obviously, they they were 0-2 in Big 12 play, very nearly 0-3, and, and went on to win the conference. So he's telling his guys." Look where we started last year. Look where we can finish. And they obviously won the conference. So look how much better we can get. Um, is that, does he genuine, genuinely believe that? Or is he just trying to get his guys not to panic uh, at how bad they are? Because obviously they only scored 21 points offensively against Nebraska last week. And they went out and got worse this week. So uh, is, he, is he genuinely optimistic or is he putting on a brave face? to hide some panic because everyone in, in Crimson is panicking right now over this offense. I had uh, I had a guy tell me this week that the other quarterback, I forget his name, uh, the one was Caleb Williams. Pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, of course he's pretty good. He's at Oklahoma, but yeah. uh, uh, just have to see how that plays out. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, Colorado State uh, actually started off very well against Iowa, but Iowa came back and got that one out. I didn't get to see much of that. Yeah, just yeah. you know, let down, uh, almost a letdown game by Iowa, but to come back and win uh, shows the, the strength of that team. I think. I, I, I mean, I have them in my top five right now, for sure. I mean, Iowa is so yeah, yeah. Iowa so physical, both sides of the ball. You know, Colorado State needed to flash some life. They did that, um, but Iowa is just really, really physical. Let's get into some fun ones. Uh, Penn State took care of Villanova. I'm not going to talk about that one. Arkansas and AM. This is a big game. This is so much fun. It's fun to watch Arkansas when they're good. Right? Yeah. I mean, 200 plus through the air, almost 200 on the ground, uh, just kind of exerting their will. It was awesome. Here's what Arkansas has done. They have, uh, obviously, they've played great along the offensive line. You're not ever going to find a Sam Pittman coach team that doesn't have a great offensive line, but they've got speed and they've got some big time speed. And they're using those guys in the right situations, and they're game changers because of it. And you know, it was no fluke what they did to Texas A and M any more than it was uh, no fluke a, a couple of weeks ago against Texas. They're just really physical, and they have some home run threats, and so they can lay on you and really wear you down, and then they can crease you. And those dudes are fast. Um, I, I forget the guy's nickname. Um, it might be Rocket. It's something like that. I mean, he can turn on the Jets and go. Yeah, uh, Keith, uh, the key sequence of the game, I thought, Arkansas was up 17 nothing late first half. They had like a third 20 or something like that, and they hit like an 18-yard completion, set up fourth and short, and they rushed to the line to uh, try and convert it and go up 24 nothing. and A&M stuffs them. A&M goes down, gets a field goal, gets on the board, and then they come out and score, hit a long touchdown run, and now it's 17-10. A&M scored the last 10. I'm thinking A&M's going to come back and win this thing. 
and they didn't score again. Barry Odom's defense. I mean, the, the, the guys that are winning on defense, if you don't have Georgia-Alabama talent, is the guys that can get pressure with three. It's such a cheat code when you can get pressure with three guys because Calzada, he had time. When he did have time, he didn't have anybody open. And half the time he didn't have time because his offensive line was getting whipped. So they're they're crashing the line on the run game, and then they're they're winning with numbers in the pass game because their defensive line is just controlling these other offenses. And what I love post game from Sam Pittman, he was asked about that fourth down, and he in his homespun all shucks way was like, "No, nah, I didn't work out, but I'd do it again." You love that. Like, if you're a dude playing, you absolutely love that. And, you know, Brian Kelly did a similar thing last week early against Purdue. Um, but I think those coaches that show belief in their teams like that ultimately get rewarded either in that game or over the course of a season. I mean, that was such a scene after they won that game. Uh, they it, they stayed on the field for about like 20 minutes just soaking it in. And well-deserved. I mean, they lost nine in a row to A&M. And to go there and win – to beat UT and A&M within three weeks span. First time they've done that since 1988. You know, what a, what a scene, what a season Arkansas is having. It's so much fun to watch. Yeah, 4-0 for the first time, I think, since 2003. And um, another Sam Pittmanism that I loved post-game was somebody asked him about hugging Jerry Jones. And he said, yeah, I was trying to get some of his money into my pocket. So <laughs> I that was, thought that was perfect. He's amazing. So obviously Barry Odom and uh, Kendall Browse will be. Um, I, I believe they're both going to be sought after this offseason. Uh, Jerry Jones, you mentioned aptly because they might go to Jerry and say, "Hey, we need some more dollars." We'll yeah. see. You yeah. know, I'm kidding, kind of, but no, they're commodities. They're commodities. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's interesting. You know, you say, John, you said Sam Pittman. You know, it's always Sam Pittman's uh, offensive lines are going to be well coached teams and all those things. Totally agree. Sam Pittman's a fantastic offensive line coach. Brad Davis was his offensive line coach, and he had Cody Kennedy as well. Uh, yeah. So when Brad left went to LSU, Cody just slid in and continued what they did. But my point is, Brad Davis is a fantastic coach. Brad Davis was sought after by USC, yeah. uh, Texas, by a bunch of other programs. And he goes to LSU, and is it? I guess they just don't have the depth at LSU. But LSU's offensive line was terrible. I mean, yeah. terrible. So And it's the same system. So you're like, hmm, uh, just interesting. I don't know. Yeah, it looked like uh, Max Johnson took took some really brutal hits yesterday, and uh, LSU they, was a little bit lucky to hang on. Completely lucky to hang on. They have they don't have any depth on the offensive line. I don't know why that is. Um, you know, every SEC program should have depth at, at off the line. I know injuries play and everything, but there's, there's anyway. I'm going to move us on to Clemson, NC State, because goodness, train wreck. Yeah, the. Yeah. Uh, I got nowhere for Clemson. I don't. I don't. Wouldn't even know where to start. That offense. I that's where you have to start. Um, and I think we're all waiting for that offense to actually start performing. And um, they've now. Uh, I researched this and touched on it yesterday on on the scoop on our site. And um, they had three points. They've scored fourteen. They've scored like thirty-one points total against three FBS teams against. Georgia, Georgia Tech, and now NC State. They've scored 31 total points and um, in regulation against those teams. And they've just been really, really bad in the process. And you got Dabo Sweeney uh, being asked about their, quote, archaic offensive system and play calling. And he said, we, we got to wear that right now because we're not showing 
that it's not those things. And so we have to wear it. DJ Ungalele is the guy behind a veteran line with Travis Etienne and, and some of those other skill players a year ago. Came up to Notre Dame and in his first career road start threw for 440 and put that game in overtime. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And now, and and remember, that was a Notre Dame defense with uh, the Buckus Award winner and Jeremiah Wusu Koromoa and Kyle Hamilton. So um, Clemson's issues are real. Their defense is good, but their defense can't play perfect game in and game out. And that's what it's having to be right now, Zach. Yeah, NC State is going to be my national champion of the week. Uh, it was 14 after Clemson scored to make it 14 14 early fourth quarter. NC State held the ball for all about, about one minute of the final 11 minutes of the game and didn't score. Uh, they moved the ball down the field. Kicker missed a 51 yard field goal. Okay, you know, it happens. Defense forces a three and out. Offense moves down, down the field again to the 22. It's a 39 yard dead on field goal. Kid pushes it wide left again. And at that point, brutal. I mean, oh, like, come on. yeah, I mean, NC State, Dave Doran talked after the game. He's like, you know, the curse is real. Like, even he believed they were cursed. And his quote was, uh, you know, what was your reaction after that? And he said, our guys didn't flinch. They said, put the ball down. We'll go play again. And uh, NC, uh, Clemson scores to open overtime. And then NC State scores. And I'm thinking, all right, Dave's going to go for two. Uh, the longer this game goes out, the less the odds are in his favor. And he's certainly not, not going to want his kicker out there. And he goes for one, they hit it. So then they go to double overtime and then he goes for two at the top of the second and they miss it. So now Clemson, a touchdown and a PAT wins the game. And they, for, they, they didn't even let him get a first down, uh, incomplete pass on first down five yard run, then two straight incomplete passes. And, I mean, by the, by the, I don't even know if the ball is on the grass yet and NC State fans were on the field. Like, so cathartic, so, I mean, so much uh, you know, maturity, gumption, whatever you want to say, for NC State to go out there and, and beat a really good team, really good program, and their own history to win that game. I got to tell you guys, I've known Zach for a decade. And if you want a small glimpse each week into the beautiful mind that is Zach Barnett, read his national champion of the week. Because every time I see headline, I go, what? And then you read, you go, oh, okay. <laughs> That's pretty smart, actually. That dude's crazy, but it, it, he's insanely, beautifully crazy. I love the guy. Uh, okay. Ohio State, Akron, there's really nothing for the game other than the defense and coming together and not coming together. And John's got an article on, on the website. It's a, it's a strange situation. And <clears throat> uh, Ryan Day's got to <clears throat> you know, earn his money this year. Yeah. I mean, it's um... – it's very bizarre. I, not just we, – we see guys get mad and end up in the locker room in, in the middle of a game. It, it happens at almost every program. Heck, I think uh, Jeremy Pruitt might have got mad and sent a coach to the locker room last year at halftime of a game. Uh, but this is a senior linebacker who was in his 34th career game that got mad and effectively quit on the sideline, threw his gloves into the stands, um, and then – got escorted off the field because Ryan Day was made aware of it and tweeted from either the locker room or the sideline and um, said, best of luck to my teammates, 100, and then uh, expletive Ohio State. And that left Ryan Day almost immediately addressing that at the onset of his press conference last night. I was dialed into that on Zoom and um, just a a weird scene. Day handled it post-game as well as he could, but – um, you know, the, the guys who cover Ohio State regularly, Austin Ward and those dudes were like almost 
a drama-free week for the Buckeyes, but nope, this happens. And, you know, they were breaking in the new quarterback again yesterday because C.J. Stroud wasn't available. Um, Akron actually scored first in that game, I believe, um, before Ohio State scored the next 59 points. Uh, and it's just um, there's a ton of talent at Ohio State, but there's not the meshing there that we've been accustomed to seeing from them. Uh, yeah, quarterback foul. Go ahead, Zach. Uh, Kyle McCord played well. So, uh, I mean, uh, do we have a quarterback battle at Ohio State? That, that's all I've got in that game. All right, quick hits. Tennessee, Florida. JB, I know you might lost. Yeah, I, I, I tuned in. I thought that um, – I thought Josh Heupel really showed a lot. Again, I'm impressed by Heupel even taking that job when so many people wouldn't pick up the phone that Danny White called. So, it took some guts to take that job because Rocky Top's a mess. They've still – got the NCAA investigation looming over them. He schemed up the Gators pretty good. Tennessee was ahead 14-10, to 10, but uh, Florida pulled away because Florida's really good. Notre Dame, Wisconsin. Game I was at. Yeah, game I was at. Um, Notre Dame's offensive line is, is atrocious. I think now, guys, they've allowed 23 sacks on the year. They only allowed 25 the entire season a year ago. Um, really bad. Jack Cohn got hurt. Drew Pine off the bench really good. Um, Notre Dame scored 31 points in the fourth quarter. I'm trying to figure out when the last time Notre Dame had a 31-point quarter against a Power Mm -hmm. 5 opposition. Baylor and Iowa State. Huge win for Baylor. Huge win. I mean, Iowa State was number one one defense in the country coming in, and Baylor moved the ball. Uh, They they got a huge kick return uh, touchdown, but a huge, massive win for Baylor. Big time, big time statement win in a lot of ways for Dave Aranda early in his tenure at Baylor for what he's trying to do. Just throwing out <laughs> that window where all those games were ending at the same time was absolutely fantastic. Mayhem, it was glorious. Uh, gosh, the play call right there for, for two was, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, BYU looked like BYU against South Florida. They played really well. Coastal handled UMass in a big way. Michigan Rutgers, I didn't get to see much of it. Any thoughts there, guys? Michigan, really powerful offensive line, can run the ball really well. They still have no passing game, and Rutgers schemed them up well, was in that game the entire time, um, played really well for Greg Schiano, and um, Michigan's going to have issues if it doesn't develop some semblance of a passing attack. Yeah, I mean, my take on Michigan is if you want to view it as the whole season as a do we beat Ohio State? Then you're probably freaking out. But if you were trying to view, can we get the most out of everything before that? Then you're you're pleasantly encouraged still. Yeah. yeah. Michigan State. Uh, I didn't get to see any of this game, Nebraska. But I've been very. I've seen Michigan State play twice. For that, I was very impressed with Michigan State. I didn't see any of this game. I saw they got the dub. I saw Nebraska was in. Any inside front? Yeah, uh, I, I watched that game. It drifted into overtime. Um, Michigan State nearly got a pick six in the overtime se- session uh, with Nebraska opening up with the ball first, ran it all the way back to, I think, inside Nebraska's 20, then nearly scored on its first offensive play, ran it down to the two-yard line, kicked a field goal. They stayed perfect um, but but left a lot on the field, so that's probably ideal for Mel Tucker because he still got the win and got a whole lot of teaching points in the process. All right, 15 seconds, no more, no less. Here we go. Um, Georgia Tech gets North Carolina. They beat them. Georgia Tech. Who are you? Georgia Who's North Carolina? Carolina? Who's North Carolina? Yeah, they're 
started top 10. Now they're going to be out of the top 25 by the end of September. Sorry. Uh, Auburn looked just atrocious and they, then they just finally figured, remember they were Auburn. Yeah. On that one. Uh, UCLA took Stanford. Uh, I thought Kansas state was going to get Oklahoma state. I really did. First quarter did me in. Uh, Any thoughts on that one? Oklahoma Uh, state's defense is really good. Uh, I mean, obviously K state's without Skylar Thompson, their starter. But uh, Oklahoma State's uh, defense is carrying them right now. Oklahoma State benefited and, and beat B- Boise last week because the officials too early blew, play it, blew dead a play that Boise State scooped up a fumble and returned for what would have been a go-ahead touchdown with about three minutes left in the fourth quarter. But Oklahoma State held on last week and capitalized off of that and played really well to beat Kansas State. All right, we're, we're going to drift quickly through these. LSU did enough to win. It wasn't impressive. Didn't do anything to cool uh, the chatter in Baton Rouge or to appease Scott Ward. Uh, LSU is something to watch, guys, soon. Uh, Boston College, uh, somebody was alone on an island picking them to win. Worked out pretty well for somebody. (laughs) (laughs) Good job, Scotty. Uh, How about Bowling Green, Zach? 31 point. Yeah. 30 and a half point dogs, uh, second biggest upset win in the last 10 years in FBS by the yeah. spread. Yeah. The fighting Lefflers, happy for them. God bless them. How about uh, TCU? I'm sorry, SMU trying to plant the flag and TCU players going nuts. They yeah. Win the game, boys. Yeah. I mean, Sonny Dykes' boys uh, talked a big game before and then they went out and proved it. They, they're, uh, they're, they, they cashed that check that their mouths wrote. SMU is playing really well this year. Uh, not not like unbelievably well. They just know how to win games. They get it done at the end. Sonny's done a nice job there. Uh, what's next on the list? Texas State. Uh, uh, oh, my gosh. Uh, oh, my gosh. That was the big experiment, right? We're going to go all Jukos yeah. or all uh, portals. And uh, 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 look, Utah looked like hot. Go ahead. Oh, I was no. Utah ended up getting the win. They didn't look great. I was going to give a shout out to Oregon State um, oh, yeah. for what what they did to USC, and it was not a fluke. They um, USC maybe scored first. That game was back and forth, seven nothing, seven seven fourteen fourteen, whatever. Then Oregon State just took over and absolutely bludgeoned USC. And USC had billed that as a huge recruiting weekend to try and keep the health of that program moving in the right direction into the future. Just a, another really crippling loss for USC. In the interest of time, Zach, you get the floor last. Give me one game, one big comeback that you liked. Uh, shout out uh, the Fighting Roadrunners, UTSA. Go on the road, play undefeated Memphis, fall down 21 nothing in the first quarter. How many teams come back and win? They, they, come, they're, they're down two scores in the fourth, hit a field goal at the buzzer to win it. Uh, they're 4-0. Uh, huge, huge, huge win for Jeff Trailer and company. Beep, beep. Back there. Yes. Hey, it's football scoop podcast. These guys at Zach Barnett on Twitter, John Bryce, John D. One, incredible follows. Follow those guys. Get some insight. Get smarter. Enjoy your Sunday, everybody. Watch some NFL. Have some fun. Family time. Uh, Hit church. Love you guys. See you. Bye bye.